What is up, my fellow humans? Why I'm anti-politics, why I'm apolitical. I think they're actually two different things. Apolitical would be, I don't really engage in politics, which is true, but anti-politics is based on the belief system that politics is by default corrupt, is by default wrong, is by default a violation of natural law. So I'm well beyond apolitical, which I think you should be, period, whether you want to think about being anti-political or anti-politics or not, you should at least not be engaged in it. And I'm going to do my best to explain why that is. I'm going to try to define what politics is, the foundational premise that most people are born into this system that have no idea why the things are done this way. And they just accept them through analogy because that's what everybody else does. And they don't ever think to question the history of it, why it's that way, etc. And you get a lot of nonsense about people talking about tearing down the system, but then replacing it with some other form of politics. It's all broken. It's all a violation of natural law. That's why we get down to the principles. And that's why most of the world today is a clown show. And most people today don't understand any of it. And therefore, their proposed solutions don't address any of it. Now, keep in mind, before I get into any of this, you should know that I am pro-human. I am pro-life. Well, yeah, I guess I guess you could say that too. But I'm not really talking about like pro-life from the political label, but I believe in humanity. And yeah, I do believe that every child, regardless of the circumstances in which that child has been conceived, belongs in life. It deserves a chance. He or she deserves a chance. <laughs> and to rob that from somebody that's defenseless, yeah, I think that's terrible. I'm not saying that there's not a lot of variables there. And there's a lot of issues and a lot of painful things, but that's just life. We have to live and die. We have to struggle. We have to have our heart broken. We have to get hurt at times. I mean, this is life. Life is not just about being easy or comfortable or perfect. Uh, But of course, the corporations and the politicians today would have you believe that if we can basically engineer so nobody dies, right? Uh, Not even close. Maybe in a thousand years, we can get to that point. At that point, we'll all probably be living in a simulation or the metaverse, or we'll all have converged our consciousness into one and we'll be the singularity. And then none of this will really matter. But as it stands, we are not gods, yet we tried to play the gods. And the people on TV try to pretend they're the gods or they're at least speaking for the gods in lab coats that know everything or something. I don't know. It's very bizarre, actually. The entire belief system around uh, capital S science, around politics, around power and control, and basically spoon-fed by mainstream media and, cap- and corporations, it's just appalling. It really is. So let's talk about today's topic, though, before I go off on another tangent rant. This is the Better Human Podcast. We're here about building better humans. We're also working on building better ways of life to create better humans, to birth better humans, and to figure out a better way to live than the urban, packed into cities like Sardines method that has failed humanity and is failing every single day. Stick around to learn more about the Better Human Project, what we're calling Sovereign One, which is our land community project outside of Austin, Texas. It's what I'm doing. It's the future. I've been having epiphany after epiphany in the past few months. Things have been converging. And for two years, while I was struggling to figure out what I wanted to do, that was the price I had to pay. And I'm coming to that point. Things are happening. I'm really excited. I hope you follow along. Stay in this newsletter. You'll get all the updates. And then also send you some places where you can get more updates or get involved in some way. It's going to be awesome. The best place to do that is the Better Human newsletter. And you're actually listening to this podcast or watching this. So maybe you're not on the newsletter. Thebetterhuman.co. That's where all the updates are going to go. And then I'll talk to you about the Better Human Company, our new project, uh, Decentralized Food Project. That's going to be part of that as well. It's pretty exciting stuff. I'm partnering with my good friend, 
Brian from Nose the Tail, who's also doing the Food Lies, not Food Lies, that's Instagram, but the Food Lies documentary. It's crazy, the things that are coming together. But enough about that, let's get to today's show. So, Democracy is the Art and Science of Running the Circus from the Monkey Cage. H.L. Menchen said that. So what I'm going to tell you today is that politics is a sham. It's a scam. It's a sham. It's a wool blanket over your face. It's a distraction from the reality of what government is. That's what politics is. It's a distraction from the reality of what government is. And government, by default, is power, control, under the threat of violence. It is control through violence. And taxation is violation of natural law. If you actually think about it this way, let's let's break this down real quick. What is the government if not the mafia? The mafia comes into your local store and they say, I'm going to protect you. You need to pay me. You say, well, I don't want your protection. I think we're good. They say, no, you don't have a choice. Therefore, you now have a tax imposed upon you, a protection fee imposed upon you. And that is what it is. And if you don't abide by our rules or opt into our form of protection, we will use violence against you. This is exactly what government is. Government is a coerced, forced opt-in to a system that most people probably don't agree with or would easily opt out of if they had the chance. Some people would opt in, but a lot of people wouldn't. But the people that don't want to opt in don't have a choice. They have to pay the taxes. They have to do the regulations and the, the driver's licenses and the passports. And they have to get permission to come here and go there. And all this BS, it is simply coercion through violence. Because if you resist, you get thrown in jail. If you don't pay your taxes, you get thrown in jail. If you try to fight back in any way, you get thrown in jail. If you even leak information that shows the government is lying, cheating, and stealing on its citizens, to its citizens, etc., you get thrown in jail. On and on and on it goes. And if you actually look at the real tyrant, it's every government in history ever, but it's especially the American government. The American government has been at war with somebody, usually some fake stories created to justify that, right? Weapons of mass destruction or this or that, or fighting communism. All it has always been is about resources, oil, land, etc. 93% of the time, America's been at war since the signing of the Declaration of Independence. Even the Constitution, even the Bill of Rights, these things are not actually guaranteed to anyone, and no one's actually ever opted into them. Because to have a contract, you actually have to sign something. It's well established. That's kind of the standard thing. You sign a contract to prove that you opt into this thing, you willingly, voluntarily enter it, and that's it. Nobody has entered a contract to be a part of the Constitution or the Bill of Rights or anything like that. Now, the disclaimer here is that, okay, America's done pretty good so far, but I mean, that also depends on how you define pretty good. How many people have been sent into war? How many sons, even daughters at this point, have been basically sacrificed at the altar of liberty and, uh, I mean, what are the other words they throw around? Like liberty, freedom, democracy. Where's your patriotism? Now, for me, this is very much an uncovering of the next phase because I've always been one that... I believe in what the Constitution, the Bill of Rights represent. But really, the problem is, is that all government is coercion through violence. So I keep coming back to that base first principle. And the reality is, I don't really want the government. I don't want them in my life in any way. 
I don't need them to protect me. I don't need them to provide my food or my this or my that or my banking. I've actually opted out of almost everything. I afford certain luxuries as a result of being in this country and in this society. Absolutely. But I can leave in a second and if it collapses, I'll be fine. So that's really what I want for everybody, especially you. And I want you to start thinking about this way. That's also what our goal is with Sovereign One, our project outside of Austin. We're going to show people a better way of life that does not have to be reliant upon the system. And hopefully we can open source that and show the rest of the world how they should be building these communities inside the jurisdictions of these basically tyrannical dictatorships, these sovereign states that have all this power and control. And then that is going to bring more people away from the consolidated system. And only through that, and only through a lot of time, and where money goes, and where people don't vote, or they vote in other ways with their actions, they leave, etc. Only through the mechanisms of the free market will things change, because the system itself will never change. Now, I know. So it is dicey, because you can believe in the American ideals, maybe even the country itself, But I don't know, there's just way too many violations, pillaging, raping that this country has done in the name of all these things. I mean, just the people that were here before us were hunted down like animals. Like literally, the the founding of this country is built upon blood. It's blood of people that thought they were doing it for the good of others and the good of the country. And it's blood of people that wanted to just be left alone in their natural habitat where they've been for thousands of years. And in either case, it's disastrous, appalling. And it's not something any of us should support. So just that itself is why I'm anti-politics. But before we get to the main ideas here, we got a short news piece. So I saw a few clips last night on, I think it was Twitter as a video, where you have a bunch of like Nancy Pelosi, Biden, the press secretary, whatever name is, the redhead. You have all these people talking about how this $3.5 trillion infrastructure bill is going to cost zero. And they stick up their hand. They do that little that I think it's like the Freemason symbol, or I don't know, it's supposed to mean something. I don't know. But they're claiming this is going to cost trillions. They're even saying it's like a tax break in some way. It's unbelievable how detached from reality these people actually are. Because first of all, even if you funded it from government or through like taxes and whatever through government, the government is insolvent. It already carries a deficit. It goes into debt every single month, billions of dollars into more debt. So already that's becoming more expensive for, again, the country and the taxpayers. Then you have inflation where they keep printing money, right? They keep talking about like, we're going to print a $1 trillion platinum coin and we're just going to put it in the treasury because that's going to help us. It's like, what that does is it steals from your earning power and it steals from every dollar that you have in your bank account, under your mattress, wherever it is. It is a tax. It is a hidden tax, as they call it, on everybody that operates in or holds dollars. And it actually puts inflation off in the rest of the world. And that's topic for another day. But we basically enslaved the rest of the world through the petrodollar global reserve currency status that we have. That's why we've been able to propagate this so long, because we got that dominant position. We then offload our inflation to the rest of the world. They bear the brunt of it. And we get to keep operating like, yeah, sure, we'll just print money. It doesn't matter. It's just unbelievable how corrupt it really is. And that's just like one facet of government. You could have government with sound money and it's a completely different thing. And I actually think if you had a government with sound money, maybe there's a case to be made, kind of the libertarian philosophy where very, very limited government just for certain social public works and things like that, maybe based on a consumption tax, you could probably convince me of that. But it would still be a form of coercion through violence. But there's probably a way to do it the right way. Yeah, it's crazy how detached from reality these people are, but I have a point here. It's like, I understand how they have to do this because... 
they don't have a choice in the matter. If they go to the public and say, it's going to be very hard and painful for five to 10 years, we're going to have to basically default. We're going to have to have a lot of things, a lot of things collapse. The bank system is going to have to collapse and reset itself. A lot of projects, a lot of jobs, a lot of things are going to contract and it's going to be a long time. You know, nobody wants to hear that. Nobody's going to vote for that, even though that's exactly what we need to do to come out, you know, 10 plus years later, better off and stronger. So what's going to happen is they're going to keep riding the same system printing the same amount of money, doing the same things. In fact, they're going to do it even more so because they need even more stimulus and efforts to try to band-aid this broken thing. It's like, it's this huge ship, this huge tanker that keeps getting like springing leaks here and here and here and there. And they have to keep slapping band-aids and patches on top of patches and top of patches on top of, you know, it's going to do that until the entire hull of the ship is one big patch. And then it'll be one little crack in that patch and the whole thing's going to come down. So I understand why these politicians are incentivized to be completely delusional, but it doesn't make it any less ridiculous. (laughs) And again, today's show is that it shouldn't even matter. I only talk about it now because I'm talking to a lot of Americans right now that pay taxes. Maybe you even think or believe in the American ideal. Maybe you even believe in the party system or this or that. I mean, I don't know. It's all broken, but at least you're paying attention to it and you're probably participating in one way or the other. That's the only reason I even bring it up. But it's also a reason to support today's topic. And before we get to that, I got one tip from the newsletter. Again, thebetterhuman.co to get the newsletter. Productivity tip, attention residue is the concept. Each time you turn your attention from one task to another, the first task will leave a residue that reduces your cognitive performance. How to solve this? Turn off all notifications, go into airplane mode and focus on one thing at a time. Now, I used to run into this a lot. I would open a bunch of tabs. I would do this thing. And email is kind of the worst because an email, you're like processing email while also trying to do a bunch of things at the same time. And you kind of go from like this thing to that thing and this business and that and that project and this, like it's really painful and anxiety inducing on your brain. And it might not feel like it's painful in the moment, but it's painful to your brain the way you keep going back and forth. And it keeps you in a shallow state of concentration And it doesn't channel your most creative thinking and faculty and efforts. Do one thing at a time. Have focus mode. Close all your tabs and windows. Like have one thing on your screen. And that's it. Okay. Now, three points to today's topic. And I'm already... Is that really how long I've been going on the show? Wow, today's show is going to be a bit longer. Well, I hope it's worth it. Point one. The government thesis is a violation of natural law. We went down to the first principles that... All government is a form of coercion through violence or threat of violence. And then they siphon off value through taxation. Politicians go on screen and explain how these taxes do this thing and do that thing. And they're going to do this and they're going to do that. And they basically delude the masses into believing that it's just, it's right, and that they're doing their best or whatever. But the entire thesis at the root, right, it's built on a violation of natural law. And that's why... All governments, all dictators, all tyrannies throughout history have come up and then they've collapsed because you cannot centralize and control humans that way. And you, over time, will fail. Like it just is what it is. We're actually going through a peak right now. Some call it the fourth turning. This is just kind of the peak centralization, peak decentralization, and the oscillating and the wave that follows this throughout human history. 
We have times where there's a lot of centralization and then we have times where that collapses and kind of in those ashes, you have decentralization. And then over time, things consolidate and they coordinate and then they lead to peak centralization again. The one difference this time that I'm hopeful for is we have the internet, which is a decentralized communication and information network. First time in human history we've had that. And we have Bitcoin, which is a decentralized, uncensorable, unstoppable money. Neither of which, these two things, these two potentially most important technologies for freedom and sovereignty for the human species did not exist. That's why I believe as we reach peak centralization, and then when that collapses and we go into decentralization mode, we might be able to stay there and build anew for generations to come, or it might even be this pivotal moment that is like a fork in the human experience, and it might forever change everything. That's what I'm hoping. The second point, the reason that government is a violation of natural law is because of human nature, okay? We've tried so many ways to mitigate this and like voting and this and that, and there's just always the problem of humanity. And that is, we always do things that benefit ourselves. There's nothing wrong with this. And I think people that get thrown off here and these people that have these ideas of socialism or communism, they just aren't honest with themselves about this. They like to have this idea that idealistically humans won't do this and I'll run a better system and I'll be just and I'll share and blah, blah, blah. Human nature always comes through though. Humanity is brutally consistent. Nature is consistent. And as humans, we are incentivized to do things that benefit ourselves and our kin. This is natural selection. This is what mother nature programmed into us. And we have yet to find a model where lots of people with conflicting desires and interests and incentives can coordinate together for the good of all. It doesn't exist. And every single person that comes through up the political spectrum claiming this, that, whatever, they're promising to do it better following the same political model of you vote me in or you give me power or I take it and then I promise to do it better. But that doesn't work because it's still based on humans and over time, they will always make decisions to benefit themselves. And that's why we now have a two-party system that has become highly contentious and highly tribalized. Maybe in the future, and this is actually something where Bitcoin and the technology that it is might pave the way for a new way of doing this, a new governance model. Because Bitcoin is a decentralized network that it now exists in nature that nobody can control or shut down. And that when you enter the network, you agree to play by certain rules. And there's certain incentives to reward miners and nodes and holders to all basically cooperatively work together without even knowing each other. That might work in the future. And I think it's probably going to be some form of the sovereign individual thesis, which is basically now that we can have money and information and communications completely decentralized and nobody can control it, it's going to lead to smaller economies, a return to basics. And rather than large geopolitics, large superpowers, we're going to have small city-states and even communities within small city-states because we're going to be incentivized to do things more at the local level. And then people can opt into the communities and the ways of life that appeal to them. And if it doesn't, or if that changes, they go to a different community. And then the free market will compete amongst potentially thousands, tens of thousands, or millions of small communities benefit those that come to the community as much as possible. That is what free market is supposed to promise. Uh, it's better products and services for consumers based on competition. Governments have basically ruined that because of crony politics and crony capitalism, which is another problem with government.
And then finally, point three, a quick intro into what I believe is probably my philosophy in life, agorism or agorism. I believe it's agorism because it's based on the agora, which was the marketplace in ancient Greece. It's based on the idea that you go to the marketplace and everyone offers their wares. And as long as there's no violence or coercion, the consumer then chooses what he or she wants. And that's why any libertarians or anarchists or anarcho-capitalists or any of these people, they always go down to the base principle that it should be about choice and freedom of option and freedom of choice. May the best win. It's Darwinian 101. Rather than saying, let's have a government pick winners and losers and then have a monopoly on violence and basically dictate what happens and what doesn't. The problem with politics is that in one way or another, it is always a party or a person or a group or whatever dictating what everyone else does. And even in a country like America with democracy that so many talk about defending, it ends up becoming mob rule because you can have 51% of the vote or you can get 51% of the vote, maybe legally, illegally, whatever. And then you set the way of life for the other 49%. And that's why it defaults always to mob rule. It's why politicians always appeal to the lowest common denominator of easy votes, the people that aren't that smart or that don't spend a lot of time thinking about these things or they're just ignorant or they're easily persuaded. And they say, I'm going to give you money. You're marginalized. You're this, you're that, whatever. Vote for me. Vote for me and I'll solve all your problems and all our problems. And then people forget nothing happens. Or more control happens, more government involvement happens, things get a little bit worse, and the next politician comes around promising the same damn thing, and so on and so forth. And I love my fellow humans, but you cannot for a second say that intelligence, awareness, and actually due diligence is equal across the board. It's not. A lot of people, they don't care, either because, or they're lazy, or they actually want Somebody take care of them and tell them how to live. That is what it is, but it's also part of the problem. The free market should be responsible for the interpersonal relationships, commerce, interactions amongst all humans, and no one human or group should have control of the other. That's why I am anti-politics, and I even actually don't even like talking about politics, to be honest. (laughs) But my philosophy in life is that the free market will figure it out. And it will always figure it out better than governments can. And in fact, throughout history, it always has. Because the American prosperity we've had over the past 80 years, democracy and governments have been there to siphon off value while trying to claim credit when really it's the entrepreneurs that did it. It's the entrepreneurs that created all the amazing technology around you. It's the entrepreneurs that made it so that prices have come down so you can afford more with less. That's what technology does. Technology propels society human flourishing, and way of life into the future, government never does. Government actually stifles it. And what's ironic is a lot of people think government's integral to that when all government is is a barnacle following along, sucking off like a parasite value and getting in the way as much as possible as they can of the producers, the creators, the action takers, etc. Politics is a scam. I hope now You will at least not get into political debates about left, right, this, that, whatever. Realize it's a waste of time. And if you want to do anything, this is what you can do. Here's some options. Before we get to that, let's thank our sponsor, Organifi. 
line of organic superfood blends that offer plant-based nutrition made with high-quality ingredients. Each Organifi blend is science-backed to craft the most effective doses with ingredients that are organic and free of fillers and contain less than three grams of sugar per serving. Now, what I like about these, and I really love the Gut Restore one. I've been taking that every single day in water. They're super simple. You drop it into some water, you shake it up, good to go. For me, it's convenience, it's the ease. And so I do the Gut Restore and I'm doing the coconut water-based one to get a little bit of electrolytes in there and potassium. And then if you want, you can do like the greens or you could do, they have an elixir for turmeric. They have a uh, chocolate. They have a couple other ones. You got to kind of check out the website to get an idea, but it's all good stuff. High quality. I wouldn't even consider recommending them on the show or partnering with them if they didn't have a dedication to quality. I actually believe most of them are organic certified, but at least some of them are. Go to Organifi.com, O-R-G-A-N-I-F-I.com slash betterhuman and use code you guessed it, better human for 20% off your entire order. That's O-R-G-A-N-I-F-I.com backslash better human. And what you can do on this topic is participate in counter economics, opt out of the systems as much as you can. First, get off the food, get off the drugs, get off the medicine, get off the doctor, get off every single thing that you can in this broken modern environment that monetizes your sickness and your lack of flourishing and your... It's all there to monetize you. It's all there to sell you things you don't need. Opt out. Detach. Stop using big tech and the services the way they want you to. If you're going to use it, don't play by their rules. Don't just mindlessly scroll. Don't get pulled into online debates that will go nowhere and that do nothing. And then that will lead to living and thinking for yourself. Go to source material. Really think and consider things. Pull in a bunch of different information from people that you agree with that you don't, whatever. And then finally, stop engaging. The end goal is to really stop engaging with the system as much as possible. You have this belief that's been built into you since childhood that you have to get permission to do everything. You don't have to. So first, stop. Stop thinking you need permission. Do what you need to do. Become a sovereign individual in body and mind and way of life. And then if you decide to live in suburbia or a city or whatever, all you do is you take the value that's there for you and you discard the rest. And again, get in the Better Human newsletter to learn more about that and our upcoming project, Sovereign One, over at thebetterhuman.co. Please do me a favor and leave a review on iTunes or Google or wherever you're listening to this podcast and or YouTube video. Subscribe, and I'll see you in the next one. Yeah.